Washington Nationals trade deadline outlook. This is Ryan Fickleson, managing editor, just baseball. Got Arm Layden, our co-founder here. And this got a lot more interesting a couple weeks ago, right? Uh, we thought it would be, what are they going to get from Josh Bell? Maybe the best bat on the market. And they said, you know what? We got another bat that's maybe just slightly more valuable, a little bit younger, under more control in Juan Soto. And the sweepstakes are going right now. I think my question before we get into where he could land is, What's the likelihood that nothing happens here? Because I'm still thinking that they might just end up holding on to Soto because the price is so high, and I don't think that it really changes if you deal him, you know, in the offseason. You still have two years uh, of control, and any team who trades them is going to extend them. I agree. So we were just talking about the Marlins, and, and in that situation, right, like the Garrett Coopers of the world, uh, even maybe a Pablo Lopez, but uh, those kinds of guys – yeah, now could be the time where you get the maximum return from a desperate team. Once you enter the the echelon of Juan Soto's value, which is uncharted territory, uh, it doesn't make a difference. Uh, what whether it's at the deadline or you do it, you know, in the off season this year, I don't. I really don't think it makes much of a difference. I feel like I know the the potential sale of the Nationals is an interesting wrinkle in this because whoever buys the team doesn't want to be the one who sells or trades Juan Soto uh, because that's a horrible first move of your new regime, you know, and it's just, you don't want to be make that your, your tone setter uh, take a note from the Marlins and, and how, you know, that went over optically, even though it, from a baseball standpoint was the right move to trade Stanton went horribly optically. Um, I look at, I look at the Soto situation and, I wouldn't mind just having a little bit more time to mull this all over, right? Like we're working on a deadline now to trade the most valuable asset that is available in baseball right now. Uh, I think that it could be very possible that we see them wait. And I still think it's possible that they can reach a deal. It's not like the nationals have, have balked at the idea of breaking 400 million. They broke 440, you know, so let's see where they can go. How much more is another 60 million uh, when you're already at 440? Maybe that's an ignorant thing to say, but uh, to me, I feel like it's within reach for them. So I, I think Soto is not the, the, I guess it's the biggest story, but I don't think it's like the, the make or break thing for the nationals. I think the biggest deal for the nationals right now is they've got to maximize this Josh Bell return. Yeah. Cause he's like their only legitimate asset um, other than Soto right now that they can trade Yadiel Hernandez. I think we'll get them something because of his positional versatility and, and decent offensive numbers this year. But I mean, they need to get a good return for Josh Bell. They can't miss here because their system stinks. Uh, they don't have that many assets to to go get more prospects. And Josh Bell's like one of the only good things that they have right now. And he's, I mean, I said it before, like the, the best bat, you know, that's available right now. I really believe that you're talking about a switch hitter, you know, 147 WRC plus at the time of, of when Clay wrote this. And I'm sure it was, it's still right there. He's been performing really well. And I mean, I've been reading and editing all these outlooks. Josh Bell is featured in almost every single one of them. Every team can use a Josh Bell. You know, the Astros could use a Josh Bell. The Mets could use a Josh Bell. I mean, just go down the line. that The Dodgers wanted a Josh Bell. They could make it work and have him be their DH. So there's a lot of teams with good farm systems that could be in the mix here. And you got to almost, I, I in some respects, I almost wonder if the Juan Soto thing is bad for them because you almost don't want it to distract you from the piece that you really got to be driving a bidding war for right now. I, it sounds crazy, but like I'm 
I would be focused on trading Bell first yeah. because, again, he's a free agent after this year. You've got to to make sure that you are bringing in exactly what you need here and, and you know vet out these prospects because they need to hit here. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited because I think Bell is going to help them a lot, and I just hate seeing any team really with no future and no farm system. And, uh, they, they need it. The bidding war with Bell. I know it would be nice if he had a year or two of control. He doesn't. But like you said, because he's a switch hitting first baseman uh, and now a universal DH league, there's it, just about every single team, like you said, could, could legitimately use him. And I think that's going to drive the price up a bit. Um, and then Yadiel Hernandez, like he's not going to he's not going to break the bank, but that guy could get you maybe one top 30 guy. Um, he's been really good this year relative to, to what we're expecting. I mean, this is a dude that's never really played a full season besides last year where he put up the same numbers. So I yeah. think you can really bank on a 730, 740 OPS from Yadiel Hernandez. And the ability to kind of play left, right, and uh, just fill in. That's a good bench bat for somebody. Um, a lot of comfort pinch hitting. He could get you somebody. But, like, that's how much we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here. And then what does Nelson Cruz bring in? He's a vet. People love him. Um, you know, he still, I think, is capable of leaving the yard any any moment. But he has eight home runs right now in 89 games. And I think age has finally caught up to him. It's not. A, I, I mean, I'm thrilled with a with a Nelson Cruz off the bench. I mean, kind of how we saw Raul Abanez yeah. coming off the bench, you know, for postseason teams at the end there at 41 years old. Nelson Cruz off the bench is a great guy to be able to to pinch hit in spots because you know he can leave the yard. You know he's been there. He you know he's not going to fold in the big moments. I think a contender could be okay with adding a Cruz uh, at the deadline. But again, what well, you know, what kind of return is he getting you? I think there is still something to be said about guys like Nelson Cruz that even if the numbers aren't good, if I'm a pitcher and and it's the eighth inning, I'm a left-handed pitcher and Nelson Cruz comes off the bench, you know, to me, there's still a mental side of it that there's a little bit of fear, right? That this is a guy that, you know, is training towards 500 career home runs that you just, it might make that pitcher a little more tight. So I could still see him, you know, bring, you know, bringing a little bit of value to a contender, but like, what are you getting? I think, Pretty much, if I was was Rizzo, maybe you're just trying to to hit on a on a DSL like lottery ticket and just yeah. hope that your scouts know something somewhere. That or do the old, you know, like what the Marlins did one year with with um, with Romo, Sergio Romo was they attached a pitching prospect in Chris Valamont with him in order to get a higher profile first base prospect in Leywin Diaz. Like that could be something that they do. Maybe it's because they have so many pitchers attach a pitching prospect to Cruz or to, you know, one of the other lesser assets to go get somebody. What really hurts them is Tanner Rainey's injury because Tanner Rainey was probably their Again, we're excluding Soto their second most valuable trade asset here. And, I mean, now Rainey, no one's trading for Tanner Rainey. He's on the 60-day IL. Um, so, you know, I'm sure they'll try to shop C-Sheck. They'll try to shop Finnegan um, or, Edwards. you know, Paolo Espino, who actually, you know, Espino is 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 a dark horse trade candidate here as well. <laughs> like, I'm looking at the numbers here, and I'm like, wait a second. Garbage he's time. made eight starts. He's made 28 appearances. He's got a 3-4 ADRA. We're talking about the Phillies. I don't think the Nats give a crap about trading in division when it's Paolo Espino, Eric Fetty, whoever that could be one of those that, that could be a dark horse kind of option for them and, and could get them, you know, one or two top 30 guys. They need to just stockpile as many top 30 guys as they can, even if they're back end and, and get this system a little bit more life. 
Uh, I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. Um, I think it's you know, I've, I've said this before. He, he's pitching in so many like 10 to one games. Um, <laughs> I, if I'm a, if I'm a contending team, I don't know if I'm buying him. And I think that the rainy thing, what really hurts uh, is I really saw for a contending team, them able to get a, a massive haul. If they package rainy with Josh Bell, like, like that would have been perfect. I mean, you know, coming from a Mets perspective, that was what I was looking at. So uh, I totally, I don't think that Carl Edwards and Josh Bell gives you the same type of, of, you know, extra haul from a, from a, a different team. So obviously sell all the pieces you can get, whatever you can get, get back from them. But really when it comes to this deadline, to me, it's pretty much about Josh Bell at the nationals. And then, I mean, the Soto conversation is just a whole nother thing. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a whole different conversation and, and, you know, they're not going to get a, they're not going to miss when it comes to the return on, on Juan Soto. What it's going to be is those prospects are not going to pan out. The difference there is, I know that you're probably like, well, what is it? That sounds counterintuitive. It's like the Marlins, they quote unquote missed on the Miguel Cabrera trade, but they got the seventh and 10th ranked prospects by yeah. baseball America. Right. So at the time in camera, maybe an Andrew Miller, if they miss, it's it's going to be because the the prospects don't pan out. But they're going to they're going to get the maximum value. They're going to get the best, highest perceived value for Juan Soto. Uh, sure, some of that goes into vetting out how you think those prospects are going to do and all of those things. But most of these guys are going to be big league pieces and you know almost shoe in top one hundred guys. That's not as difficult. Um, I think these other trades. Are what's more difficult because that's where you got to land big. That's where you got to try to find those lottery tickets and and hit big. And this is where it's a big uh, challenge to your scouting department uh, to separate themselves. I think anybody could go on MLB Pipeline and put together a, a Juan Soto package and, and hope it, it works out. Because uh, that, that's all you can really do. And because it's easy to say, all right, any Juan Soto package, give me your top four prospects. Give me your top players. Yeah. <laughs> you go from there. We'll see what happens. Josh Bell, obviously the big name with this team. We'll see what Rizzo pulls off. This is a franchise that was just a, a World Series team like a couple years ago. And now I, I look at all the teams in baseball and there might not be a team with a bleaker future. That's why they got to hit on some of these trades to kind of reset everything. That is our outlook on the Nationals. You can go to JustBaseball.com to read about it. Uh, check out all 30 of our videos we got going on the State of the Division YouTube page and the audio side with the State of the Division podcast.